enjoying 2020? Yes. You enjoying your life in Christ? Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's a new year. It's a new day. We're 12 days into the year. And uh, what do we have? If we take 365 and a quarter days and subtract 12, we have 352, 3, 53 and a quarter days. And, uh, you know, you, you still got time to catch up with anything that you've gotten behind on. Yeah. Just don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. It's a saying, and it's true. It holds true. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. Hallelujah. Whatever the crisis demands is the power and the ability that God gives his people in order to overcome. You see that in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 out of the, he, uh, not the Hebrew, but out of the uh, Amplified Translation. It says, whatever the crisis demands, and life is filled with crises, if you will, things that kind of catch us off guard or things that we didn't anticipate or things that we did anticipate, but they end up turning out worse than what we thought they would. But no matter how bad things get, God is better. Hallelujah. And he's got better things in store for you. And the thing about dad, I call him God, I call him dad, I call him father, I call him Abba, I call him Papa, I call him Jesus, I call him Holy Ghost, hallelujah. The blessed triune God. And that is everything, everybody say everything. Did everybody say everything? Because if everybody didn't say everything, then that means some people don't believe it or some people just figure, I don't need to say that. And it's like, you know, you don't. But if God told me to tell you to say it and you don't do it, then you're in trouble with God. Amen. However, everything works together for our good because we love God and we are the called according to his purpose. That's God's word to us. So God spoke to Paul and Paul wrote to the church at Rome, but through the church of Rome, he speaks to us. That epistle that is contained in the canon of scripture, if you will, that is verified to be, um, uh, um, there's canonized scripture, if you will, God breathed, God inspired, you know, the researchers, the the theologians and all that came together to put together the Bible and all, they, they, they just, you know, these were solid as far as meeting the standard and the criteria of being declared to be the word of God to his people. And so the book of Romans is one of those. And whenever you pick up that Bible and read it, it, it's not just talking about them. It's speaking to you. Hallelujah. I was just the other day, it was just yesterday, as a matter of fact, I was just meditating on the word of God and thinking about the word of God and just thinking about the word on the inside of me. Hallelujah. And so while I was doing that, it ain't all about me, but you can say, I think I'm going to try that too. Um, but it's not all about me, but I just started to think about the word of God on the inside of me. And then I started to relate to Jeremiah the prophet and how Jeremiah said, I ain't going to preach no more. I think I put that in one of your uh, posts, uh, one of your daily devotionals, if you will, that Jeremiah wanted to quit at one point in time because of the behavior of the people. Here he's dealing with false prophets and false teachers and a rebellious people. And the people did not want to receive from the true prophet of God who was speaking to them the oracles of God, but they would receive from those who said that they were prophets, but they were actually false prophets and false teachers. Then they believed because they gave them a message that appeased them. Jeremiah gave them a message that would save them. That's the difference. And sometimes a message that will save you is not always the message that will appease you, but it is necessary. If you get, not that you would, and I hope nobody ever does, but if you ever get bitten by a rattlesnake, if you will, and it injects its poison in you, it's probably going to hurt trying to get that poison out of you. And at the outset, or whatever the doctors may do, or if somebody's there and they know first aid and they know what to do, they're going to stick something in there, try and loose the thing up. That's what we used to see on TV because we used to watch a lot of gun smoke and stuff like that, and we see where somebody would get bit by a rattlesnake, and so then they take a knife and dig it into the holes. Anybody remember those kind of shows? 
Okay, I don't know how true that is. I just stay out of the fields. Amen. That's rattlesnake country. You can have it. Praise God. I ain't got to live there. I don't have to hunt there. I ain't inspired to go and just walk up there, if you will. There's other places I could walk. Matter of fact, I can get on a treadmill and enjoy myself, put a laptop or iPad in front of me, and just go everywhere in the world. I would desire to go right there on the treadmill, if you will. Amen. Praise God. But some people are more adventurous, and they like to hike and things like that. And so you run into stuff. You run into mountain lions and things like that. I don't need to run into no mountain lion. Okay, let me back up. So uh, Jeremiah, he, he's dealing with these individuals, and uh, he, he's got to speak the truth to these individuals, and, and they don't want to hear him because he does not have a message that pleases or appeases him. He has a message that will save them. Coming back to the poison, you stick it in and you kind of dig around it to loosen it up, and then they would bite on it and suck and then spit it out, that sort of thing. I don't know if that's exactly how you would do it if you were out there in the field, but if that's the case, you know it would hurt, okay? And that's the whole point of it. If you went to the doctors, they would have to do things to you, and they would hurt what they do, but the end result is that you get healed. Hallelujah. And so sometimes in order to get healed, we have to go through some pain in order to do so, but the pain is for our good. So the message of Jeremiah to the people, it was painful, but it was necessary to heal them from their backslidden state and condition, as well as from listening to false teachers, false prophets, telling them, no, we're not going into 70 years of Babylonian captivity. No, we're getting ready to prosper. We're getting ready to be blessed. And God is saying through his prophet, waking them up early in the morning, go to my people. God says from the time that some of you will remember this, from the time that I brought my people out of Egypt up until this time, I would send my prophets to them early in the morning in order to speak the word of God to them, but they wouldn't receive them then. And even today, people have a problem with dealing with the prophets of God, those who actually speak on God's behalf. There are false prophets. There are true prophets. There are false teachers. There are true teachers. There, is, there are false doctrines, and there is true good doctrine, if you will. The good doctrine is not always received well, but it saves, and that's the thing. I would rather have something that's going to hurt me that saves me than to have something that's going to appease me and I'm going to be destroyed simply by holding fast to it. There's an end result. There's a consequence to it all. Jeremiah is trying to save him from those uh, consequences of, of perishing, if you will. But nevertheless, it's good for God's people. And so it's good for us also. But um, anyways, I've I got a good word for you today. And, and it comes out of, uh, out of the, the, uh, the post. I call it, well, it's, it's your post for the day, but also out of your daily devotional. Um, anybody enjoying the daily devotional? Okay, if you are, if you could just give us a little feedback by, you know, just sending back on the email, letting us know, especially if one stood out more than the others. If you haven't been reading, you still got an opportunity to. We have eight more days. Eight more days, and then it ends. It's just like when we were up here at the altar praying. This is part of teaching, too. We were up here at the altar praying, and, and it's like, uh, we're, we're going to get to the end. Let's just keep on going right now. Because if we just keep on going at full strength and we get to the end, we're going to feel a whole lot better rather than giving up. It's like running a race, and, you know, you're running the 440. How many of you know what the 440 is? Okay, so you're running the 440, and then, you know, you get three-quarters of a way around the track, and then you just give up. Or, you know, you, you, you're, you're running, and then you just, you just run out of gas, and you just, oh, what's the use? And it's like, no, blow it out to the end. Even if you're last in the race, you still blow it out in the end because eventually you'll get yourself to a place where you now, what you practice at, um, I shouldn't say it like that, you should practice the way you're running the race. So you should practice in the way that you're doing the sport, if you will. And if you're doing homework, you know, you should do it like you're doing the exam, if you will. You, you should do it in a sense of, I'm, I'm doing this to be victorious. I ain't in this to flunk. I am not in this to fail. And somebody, by the Spirit of God, I don't know who it is, somebody might be having some difficulty in their education. 
right now. All I know is that I woke up at, out of this dream, and, and in this dream, it was a, a geometry class, and, and it was like um, the, 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 the class was like, you know, people, you had your students and all, but you, in this case, it was me, and it's been a long time since I've been in a geometry class, so I don't think it applied to me. It could apply to some other. But anyways, uh, as I was there, uh, my grade wasn't good. And so the thing about it is, is that because I didn't understand it, I didn't apply. And so I just settled for whatever the bad grade was. And the instructor was trying to say, you know, if the person would just try, you know, they could, they could, get there, if you will. But if there's no effort in what they're doing, then I have to fail them. And so what the instructor did was they talked to somebody else that came and talked to me, and it's like, what are you doing? How come you're not, you know, you should really just apply yourself, but it's like, I, I don't know how to do it. And it's like, no, you should still get in there. And so then I woke up. So I don't know who it might apply to. If you're here today, praise God. God's saying, don't give up. Apply yourself. Amen. It may be hard right now, but if you keep at it, it's going to get easier for you. Hallelujah. And you just ask questions because, see, you're not in class to fail. You're in class to succeed. If you look at the, 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 the devotional today, you know, why? So you, 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 right on, Sister Finn. Anybody that read it, right on. You know, or you can settle for a B for better or a C for common or a D for deficiency, or you can go for an excellence of A, absolutely. Hallelujah. So if you're going to be in there, you might as well, you know, get the best out of this thing so that it'll work for your good. Everything that you're doing is for your future right now. That's why I try and get across to our grandkids or um, even to our kids, if you will, in the sense when I do have those kind of talks with them. It's like you're, you're, you're not just living for today. Now, yes, according to the scriptures, you know, we, 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 we should say, you know, instead of saying, you know, this week or next week or a year from now, we're going to do all of these things. We should say if the Lord will. But, and I believe in that, but, uh, what we're doing now is not just for now. What we're doing now is for a future. The message is that's being preached. I believe Jesus could come at any given time and moment. I believe in the return of the Lord. I believe he will return today. If he doesn't return today, I believe he will return tomorrow. In the clouds, if you will. I believe like Israel believes. They're still believing that the Messiah is coming. We know the Messiah has already come. Okay? But we know he's coming back again in the clouds. To, and we're going to meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the meet um, the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We believe that because that's what the Bible teaches, if you will. But on this day-to-day -day living, we're not just living for now. Because if Jesus doesn't come in a thousand years, we don't want this gospel to fizzle out next week. You know, we're only going to be on this earth for so long, and if Jesus doesn't come in our time, he's coming in somebody's time, but something has to be passed on. So what we're doing today is not just for today. It's for tomorrow, and it's for the next generation that comes. I shared with you just a couple of weeks ago, what a blessing to see four generations of a family worshiping in the congregation. You have the Olivers, brother and sister Oliver. And then you have Sister Teresa, who's back there at the, 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 the AV. And then you have Sister Lauren. And then you have Hannah and Olivia. That's four generations of a family worshiping in the same house. The Patton's the same. You got Sister Lori. Then you got Minister Patton. And then you've got uh, Joseph Henry and Caleb. And, uh, and eventually, Caleb then will, will, will reach adult age. And after going to college, and he's become this scientist, computer scientist, or whatever he wants to be. And he gets married and has his family family and stuff, and another generation, they go all becoming a TFT, praise God. Ah! Get a plug in. Um, but anyways, it's for our future. Yeah. And so we want them to get it now so that they won't struggle later. We're not just living for today, if you will. We're living for the future. Amen? I hope that makes sense to you. So, um, yeah. Don't give up, whoever it may apply to. It, it doesn't necessarily have to deal with geometry. Because I, I, I was researching. I'm like, well, Lord, I remember when I moved to Oakland and I stayed over there for about a year. And I remember I had difficulty with geometry at the beginning. But then I got it. 
And then when I got it, I ended up moving back to Pittsburgh. And I remember my geometry teacher at that time saying she was so sad that I was leaving because she knew I had got it. And that's the thing. You can get it. Tell your neighbor you can get it. You can get what? All of a sudden, if you keep pressing, ask the right questions if need be, spend the time studying to get understanding of it. But once it clicks, that's it, because you learn the basics of it, and then it just follows, no matter how difficult the problem might get, because you know the basic principles of things and how it operates, you can figure that thing out. Nothing's beyond your ability to learn and to master. That's what dominion is all about master things hallelujah for the glory of god amen so anyways let me get back behind here and uh let's let's share a little bit of the word of god i don't know who it applied to if it applied to anybody or nobody or maybe it applied to somebody watching live stream but whoever it's for you need to know don't give up apply yourself hallelujah glory god's not raising up dummies we come to him dumb we come to him ignorant we come to him like a newborn babe. We need him to change our diapers. We need him to provide the milk. We need him to burp us. We need him to cleanse us when we urinate, and we need him to cleanse us when we poop. We need him to cleanse us when we have diarrhea. We need him to heal us when we have a cold or a cough, if you will. We need God for everything. Hallelujah. We depend upon him, and he provides. He made us that way, that we would look to him, and he would provide for us. So you, you trust God in that area because he's concerned with the things that concern you. And he's not raising up failures and he's not raising up dummies. Again, we come that way to him, but he's just got too much to offer for us to turn away from. Amen? So uh, out of your, your, your post today, which is your devotional today, we're going to go over just a little bit. And then I'm going to let you out of here in about 29 minutes, Lord willing. Hallelujah. Day 12, welcome the word. Everybody say welcome. Hallelujah. So if you got a Bible, hold it up. If you got an electronic, hold it up. If you got, you know, an authentic one. Hold it up and just say this with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'm about to be taught the word of God. I'm about to hear the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I shall never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never be the same. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. It's good to make that confession. It's good to make biblical confessions on a daily basis. It's good to declare the word of God over your life. God says his word shall not return to him void. So when his word comes to you, it ought to be accomplishing something. It ought to be fulfilling something. It ought to be doing something in each and every one of our lives. If we were to go out into our backyard or you know, wherever you, you know, you may, if you live in an apartment building, you may not have a backyard, but you could probably have a planter or something on your patio deck, if you will, and you put some seeds in there and you start to water the, those seeds, what happens? Something grows, something grows. And so the sower sows the word of God into the soils of humanity's heart or man's heart, if you will. And as that word has been sown uh, and being watered, we expect or we ought to expect something to grow, something to spring up. We should not, if it's the word of God, we should not expect thorns or thistles because that's a result of the curse. We're not under the curse anymore. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Therefore, we should expect fruit of righteousness to spring forth out of us. Something good that's of God should be coming forth from us. It is impossible. This is what the angel was telling. It is impossible for God to, 
to, to speak a rhema word and then nothing happens. That is impossible. With the rhema word from God, nothing shall be impossible. In other words, what God speaks concerning his sons and daughters, because God is the one that is delivering that word to us. He also, as he told Jeremiah, I hasten or I watch over my word to perform it. That's Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, I believe it is. And so God watches over it. In other words, he tends to his word to make sure that that word comes alive, that it produces the fruit that he desires. And so every believer should expect things to be happening. I go back to what I was saying earlier. When Jeremiah was uh, in, uh, uh, in that dilemma, if you will, preaching to the people and the people rejecting him, Jeremiah said, I'm not going to preach no more. I'm just paraphrasing, if you will. I'm just relating it to today's terminology. I'm not going to preach anymore. All it's doing is making a fool out of me. People uh, say one thing and they do another. Nobody's listening to me. So I'm just going to shut up. And then he says, but his word was in me like fire shut up in my bones and I could not contain it. In other words, that word had to come forth. And so as I'm meditating over that, I'm thinking about the word on the inside of me. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm thinking about what the word of God says concerning me. Now, I'm saying me, but you could say me too. Hallelujah. It's a me too moment. What do you mean by that? What word you know? How much, how, 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 how a lot or how much or how little you have. That word is supposed to come alive in you. Amen. It doesn't come to just lie on the surface. It does not come just for us to hear sound, if you will. It comes to change and transform. Don't be afraid to be changed and to be transformed. Don't be afraid to let the word of God run its course in you and bring something out of you that you didn't even know exists. Because whatever we were before we came to God, God's going to do something different so that we will now be recognized by what God does and not what we have done ourselves or what others have done to us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. These are things that you know, but these are also things that we must walk out, work out, live out on a daily basis, if you will. Otherwise, all it is is just we hear a sermon, and as God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel, it's like, Ezekiel, you're like a musician with a guitar. And you're like there on stage, and you're playing this song, and the people are saying, what a lovely song, but it really does nothing for them. And so they go off the same way. And the thing of it is, is that Ezekiel wasn't playing a song. Ezekiel was delivering to them the word of the Lord. And people were not paying attention. And this is why this one, and I've read the Bible many times before, but this time when I looked at it, it was like, wow, you know, how did I miss that? And sometimes we can be reading the word of God and we can be reading and sometimes we might just skim over something inadvertently. But then we read it again, and then all of a sudden something stands out. And sometimes it's been there all along. But at this time that you read, God says, I want to say something different to you now. I want to reveal something different that you haven't seen. And so this particular passage here, this is the Amplified Translation. It says, he who turns away his ear from hearing the law of God and man, that's Amplified Translation, even his prayer is an abomination hateful and revolting to God. That's a sobering thought. When one thinks about it and it's like, okay, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to read my Bible. You know, I believe in God, and this is where many people are, and I'm not saying this to badmouth people, but many of us know people like that, and sometimes we're like that ourselves. Nobody can tell us anything. Nobody can teach us anything. We just know. And so you, you have people with that mindset, and it's like, well, if I'm not going to hear or if I refuse to hear, even when I pray, my prayer is an abomination. And it's like, how many people, when something goes wrong, whether it's you or someone you know and somebody else knows them, and they make the statement, I'm praying for you. 
or you're in my thoughts and prayers. And we have so much going on in the world today that we hear that almost daily, if you will. Just like what's happening over in Iran uh, at this moment that we are here in, the, in America and we're having a, a time in the Lord, if you will. They're out there, you know, risking their lives because they don't know what the regime is going to do to them whether they're going to give them the liberty and freedom that they so desire, whether they're going to change their way of governance and ruling over their lives, or whether they're just going to keep things the same and even deal with the uh, rule with an iron fist, if you will. In other words, put the pressure on and just, you know, if they have to kill people, they will do it. They will punish people into submission, if you will. They don't know what's going to happen. All they know is they just like to have their freedom. They'd have like to have an opportunity like we do in America, if you will. And so you have people under that kind of a thing. But it, coming back, he who turns away his ear from hearing the law of God will just keep it limited to God. Even his prayer is an abomination. So if I'm not going to listen to God or to his word, what makes me think that I now can pray to God? And if... When bad things go on and I hear people or you hear someone say, you know, you're in my thoughts and prayers or I'm praying for you. Would you ever think, do you hear from God? Do you read his word? Do you attend church to hear from God's ministers? We never go that far. Because... It's added, we, we receive it as kindness, generosity on their part to us to say, you know, praying for you to make you feel good and to comfort you, if you will. But it's like, man, when you know the truth, and the Bible teaches us the truth that we know sets us free. Why? So that we don't be deceived or led astray. Even though a person may mean well, doesn't mean that it's well with God. And so we want to live by present truth. We want to live by God's truth and not simply by sympathizing with others in the sense of accepting what they may say. It may be a kind gesture, if you will, but it's not based on truth. It's just their assumption of things. And when you're dealing with people's assumptions of things, it's not necessarily what is the right thing, if you will. Amen? Okay. So... A person who turns their ear away or rejects the hearing of the law. The law is simply the word of God, if you will. Even his prayer or his petition, his request, and by all means, we are all, as the people of God, called to pray. Some may not like it when, you know, especially if I'm up here leading and, and I'll try and charge these that are up here at the altar because it's important that they establish a prayer life. Amen. And whether they get it at home or not, I don't know. And I'm not judging them in that regards. But what I am saying is that they need an effective prayer life because they need to know where to go in the time of trouble because they will hit trouble. They need to go, know where to go in the hour of temptation because they will be tempted. If you think you can keep your kids from being tempted, you're deceiving yourself. Temptation happens to everyone. We just don't have to yield to the temptation. So we teach them what to do. When they're being tempted. And what did Jesus say do? Pray lest ye enter into temptation. You'll be tempted, but pray so that you don't enter into it or give over to it, if you will. Pray your way out of it. Hallelujah. And pray in tongues. That'll really get you out quick. Because they'd be taken off the other way. Oh, yeah, like, you know, they, think they get scared and stuff. And you're just praying in the Holy Ghost. And so prayer is one of those way of escapes, if you will, so that you can bear any temptation that you may be tried by. And there's nothing like having these young ones coming up learning prayer because by the time they get to be adults, they have mastered it. And they have such an effective prayer life that the gates of hell cannot prevail against them. We're not just here just trying to uh, live a life where we don't sin, but we're living a life to reign and glorify Jesus in the process. Amen? Hallelujah. We're not just here to just to go through stuff. We're here to rule and to reign, if you will. If nothing more, our own personal life, that it lines itself or aligns itself 
with the order, the image, and the likeness of God who created us in his image and after his likeness. If our lives still reflect the ways of the world, it's because we're not allowing ourselves to be transformed. If we still have the same bad habits that we had before, and many of us do, and you know, and some things are more difficult to get rid of than other things, but nevertheless, we can get victory over those things if we continue to pursue, if we don't turn away from hearing God's word. Because you can get to the point where you're, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear. All they're going to do is preach the word. I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. And the word is exactly what we need. Why? Because the word will go in and bring things into proper alignment, or they will let you know where you're out of alignment. Brother Finn, help me out a little bit. You know anything about will alignment? Okay. Um, so can you, can you explain a little bit about the process or the procedure, how they align a will? Anything about it? Okay. You, you might need a mic so they can hear you. And are you cold out there? We have 15 minutes, and we're going to try and use this time wisely. If you're cold out there, then we will leave the heater on. If you're not cold out there, then we will. Okay, Sister Ken on and say, leave it on, leave it on, please leave it on, leave it on, leave it on. I'll pay extra for the PG&E, leave it on, leave it on. Praise God, for a little extra for the PG&E. Praise God. Is the microphone coming? Oh, oh, amen. There's Caleb. Don't you like Caleb? Praise God. I love Caleb. He's just a young man growing up. In the fear and admonition of God. So, Brother Finn, just share a little bit. Um, the wills are lined by the chamber. Uh, it's, um, it's a part that needs to be loosened and then lined up and then tightened again. It oh. helps keep the will going straight. Will going straight. Yes. Do they use anything else to help in that alignment? Um, there are several components that's within the will alignment, and then it's, it's done by a machine that will... They would loosen everything up, and then the, the machine would line it up, and then they would tighten the, the bolts that would uh, hold it in place. Okay. Do they use anything like shims or something like that to help line um, it up? Only if it's uh, so bad out of alignment or that's the old style. I like that. It. Come on, come on. Because, you know, some of us, we like the good old ways and days and stuff. Go ahead, Brother Finn. Yeah, that would be something that uh, that would be used for um, if it's needed to be, if it comes short, and then they just need a shim or something to put in it to realign. Amen. And so sometimes, that's me, I think. Oh, you can turn yours off. Thank you. Sometimes we, our, our thoughts, our habits, our ways, they get so far out of alignment with what God's word is that God has to put shims things like that to get us back on track. And sometimes, you know, it, it's like with others, it, 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 the heart matters. It, it really matters, the condition and state of the heart. And so if the heart is soft and pliable, dad don't have to do much stuff to get it into alignment because you're already in a receptive receiving mode, if you will. I hope you understand this. You're, you're like a, a, a willing vessel. You're like the kid who sits in the front seat and they listen to everything the teacher says and they get A pluses and you sit in the back seat in, in the back and you don't get A pluses. You might get C's or D's and stuff like that. And so that person's up there paying attention. You're back here. You may get distracted by some of the things going on, if you will. But it's more of a challenge in getting it to you than it is in getting it to them. And so they may not require much. You might require uh, uh, a little more tutoring after class. You might even require a little more discipline. Um, what's the discipline? You get detention. <laughs> Praise God. Why do you get detention? Because you're being distracted by things. It might require a little bit more for you. I hope you understand where I'm at. It might require a little bit more for you in order to get you into alignment than, say, somebody else who's just there receiving, hearing, and, and, and then applying, and it doesn't take much for them. And so we all want to be in that place where it doesn't take much. All it takes is a word, and we come in alignment with that word. 
That word doesn't have to wrestle with issues in our heart and issues in our minds and thoughts that bombard us and things that have worked against us since we were, you know, knee high, if you will. Stuff that has gone on way in the past and so far in the past, it's like how could that even have an impact or effect? But nevertheless, it does with some people. And so they require more. And so you, you got to really work harder because this one is way off balance. I mean, they, they ride like this, Brother Finn. That's how the tire is. It's like you ever seen there's some cars, BMW and cars like that, they, they, their, their tires kind of like right like that. You ever seen that? Okay, some of you have it. Watch. You might, even, might, might not even pay attention. But cars, when they ride like that, they wear out their tires a lot faster. Your tires are supposed to be straight so that you get maximum. And then you're supposed to keep the pressure at the right pressure so that you get the maximum amount of tread wear out of that tire. And if you take care of your tires, you can have a tire that's guaranteed for 50,000 miles. But if you take care of those tires, you can get about 70,000 to 100,000 miles out of, that, of those tires before you have to go back and buy some more. And I'm not talking about, yeah, but they be wore out on the side and, you know, the tread has separated and you can see the steel belt and stuff. No, I'm talking about you just take it on in there because, you know, well, I've had these things for like 10 years. I've got 100,000 miles out of them, and uh, they still look good, but, you know, it's time for some new tread to put on there because you kept the pressure right, you kept the wheels aligned, you did everything that you needed to do to get the maximum output of those tires on your car. You rotated them when they were supposed to be rotated, if you will. This is not a sermon on how to take care of your car, okay? But you can understand, you know, through the analogy of how God deals with us in our lives. And if we have a problem hearing from God or hearing God's word, then we can't expect our lives to begin to line up with him. The Bible tells us if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, he listens to us. And if we say, well, I don't know what the will of God is, it's because we haven't read his word or heard his word being spoken to us. But if we've heard his word being spoken to us, that is what we pray back to him. And then we wait on him to perform the word. Because as he said to Jeremiah, he was not only speaking to Jeremiah, to speak to a rebellious people. He was speaking through Jeremiah to even reach our day and time where God says, I hasten, I watch over my word to perform it. And let the church say amen. Let God be true and every man be a liar. That's what the Bible teaches us about, you know, our relationship and our walk with God. God says one thing, somebody comes up and says something different. You believe God and not that person that says something different. They may be closer to you. They may be more persuasive, but nevertheless, they're not God, and therefore, they cannot trump God's word. No pun intended, or whatever they want to say. You, say that. Not, you know, what, no matter how convincing they may be, you hold fast to God's word because God will not lie to you. And he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So he that turneth away his ear from the word of God, from hearing the law, from the word of God, his prayer is even an abomination. So you're going to go to God and you're going to pray. Or you have people who say, you know, I'm praying for you. And you know they're not right with God. So the Bible even says this. What does it say? It says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. So even as a child of God, if I've got sin in my life, but I won't acknowledge that sin, confess that sin, and repent of that sin, I can't expect God to hear me or to listen to me. Somebody else will get through or can get through on my behalf, but not me. Why? Because I've just shut things off. Husbands and wives, if you're at odds with each other, again, I'll say this. God didn't bring you together to be arguing with each other and fighting and backbiting. And I'm not saying that to make anybody feel guilty, condemned, or anything like that. It's like, no, see the plan of God for marriage and then emulate that, live that, work it out, walk it out. Don't let no issues get in the way. Well, you don't know what I went through. Well, I know what God will do for you. Amen. What are you going to do? He's going to heal you. Now, let me lay hands. <laughs> let me stop. Um, he's going to heal you. He's going to deliver you. And, and, and your husband or your wife is going to be there to help in the healing process to get you to wholeness. He's not calling you together to fight. He's not calling you together to, you know, you can fight the powers of darkness, the gates of hell, but God doesn't want disunity in your relationship. He wants unity, oneness. Amen. Hallelujah. See marriage for what God ordained it to be 
and pattern yourself after that. Work that out and let it go from you to the next generation, which are the children and to the grandchildren. If they reject it, it's on them. At least you've done your part to pass it to them. Amen? And if they don't want it, give it to somebody else. Because these pearls are too valuable to waste. And we can't be shocked by those who will reject them. We need to be more hungry to reach after those who will receive the truth. Are you still with me? Okay. Under the old covenant, the first commandment was, Hear, O Israel, which implies a careful hearing of someone or something as well as responding appropriately in obedience or action. So it's one thing to come and hear the message of God or the word of God. The sower sows the word. So right now I'm sowing. I'm just sowing God's truth for the truth that I'm sharing with you. How it's going to impact your life, I don't know. I just know that as I'm sowing, some have the opportunity to reap a hundredfold of what I am sharing. Some, because of the things going on in their life, they're not going to make the cut. They're not going to get much from it, if anything. And some, whatever they do get, if they don't grasp the understanding of it, and that's the key to hearing, it's not just listening to sound or listening to words. It is grasping the comprehension or understanding that for which you have heard. The Bible tells us, Get wisdom, and with all thy getting, uh, get understanding, but with all thy, get wisdom, I believe it is, and with all thy getting, get understanding, if you will. So you want to make sure that you are understanding, and how do I get understanding? It's meditating in that word day and night. It is searching. Not only the scriptures themselves, the written word itself, but searching and seeking in God and asking the spirit of God who knows the truth, who reveals the truth, to release the spirit of wisdom and revelation to give us the comprehension necessary to get what God is saying. The thing of it is, is that if there's a passion for something, and I say this in the devotional here as well, if there's a passion for something, you will do what is necessary in order to acquire that something that you have passion for. Hallelujah. I had a passion for one time. This is material type thing. I had a passion for a BMW, and so um, I went and saw one on the parking lot, and uh, I, the vehicle that I had at the time wasn't performing like it should. It was a newer vehicle, but I wanted the, the, the BMW. So I went to the lot, took the BMW for a test drive, and took it back, and uh, left it there, and the BMW just would not leave my mind, it would not leave my heart. It would not leave until I went and got it. And that's the way things are. You're passionate about something. You will, you will actually make it happen. If it's something that you really, truly, genuinely want, you will find a way to make it happen. It could be a suit. It could be some shoes, if you will. It could be a new hairstyle. It could be, you know, it could be many different things. But if you're passionate enough about it, you will go after it. Well, see, that's the passion that God wants us to have for him. And if we're passionate enough, if we fall in love, that's one nice thing about the Passion Translation, which I have here. It, they haven't translated the entire Bible, but uh, they translated the New Testament and then I think Psalms and Proverbs, and they're working, I guess, on more, if you will. But one of the things that they say about uh, Mark chapter 24, where we know that the Amplified says, uh, the, 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 I'm trying to recall how, how it says it. The, the, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more also. That's deep. I like that. Amen. Because it's like giving thought and study. Passion translation, because God is a God of love. He's writing a letter of love to his people. And then looking for a love return, if you will, to him. And so passion tries to get to the heart of God and just reveal it from that measure or that understanding. And so and when it says in the 
third paragraph, it says, Jesus said, be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. This is the same passage, Mark chapter 4, verse 24. I quoted it to you out of the Amplified. Be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. For as you do, more understanding will be given to you. And according to the depth of your longing to understand, much more will be added to you. And as I go on and comment, with the hearing um, must also come the understanding. The unique thing about the Passion Translation of the Bible is that it translates according to the depth of your longing to understand. This means there is a deep hunger and yearning, a craving for the understanding of, God, of the word of God that you hear. And so it's more than just surface stuff where it's just sounds or it's just a voice or it's just paying our religious duty or responsibility of coming and listening you know, for a moment, if you will. This is something to ignite something on the inside of you that will create and stir a hunger that it will even be there outside of these doors. Because if the only attention we give to God is when we come into the church, if you will, that's religion. God wants our attention 24-7 around the clock. Even when we're asleep, we go to sleep in the Lord. When we rise up, we rise up in his presence, if you will. And we live throughout that day in fellowship, koinonia, with him. We don't leave God at the outside of the workplace. We don't leave God at the outside of our door when we go into the house. We don't leave God anywhere. We take God into the bathroom. We take God into the bedroom. We take God into the car. We take God on the job. We take God into the marketplace. We go everywhere with God because we are in love with him and he is in love with us Amen. hallelujah passion and we become more passionate about him you take God to school with you and you become more passionate about him you and, uh, and being more passionate is simply opening up the floodgates you know how it is in dealing with people you will let people only go so far and if they impress you you'll let them go further and if they impress you more you let them go further there's a limitation depending on who they are. If it's your spouse, you just open up the floodgates. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you hold nothing back. And with God, it's even a deeper, greater love. You hold nothing back with him. He has you. You have him. You are my all. Without you, I cannot live. And I don't want to live without you because you're good. And you provide for me. You protect me. You know me better than I know myself. So you know me better than anybody on this planet. You know my ins and outs. You know my ups and downs. You know my rising. You know my shortfalls. You know my failures. You know my thoughts. The psalmist said, you know my thoughts are far off. Before they even get to me, you already know them altogether. You, you know my makeup. You saw me being fashioned in my mother's womb. You knew me before then. All of my days were recorded in your eyesight nothing to hide can be transparent with him and want to live to declare his glory so I don't want to develop a, 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 a dullness of hearing which the writer talks about in the book of Hebrews where we have a dullness of hearing and it's like we no longer give attention to the things that we're hearing and if we don't pay attention to what we hear how do we expect to grow and how do we expect to advance in the kingdom how do we expect to accomplish what God desires us to accomplish? We limit ourselves to what we're able to do. And God says, I can do much more through you if you just let me. If you just trust me. If you won't be afraid. I got it all together. Yeah. But I don't want to go that far. Why not? You'll do it with somebody else. You'll let them into the privacy of your life and expose yourself to them. And you don't know whether that person is just going to go out there and blast you on Facebook. I won't say MySpace. That's old and dead, ain't it? I hope nobody tries to resurrect it. But Instagram or some of this other stuff that they just expose you and embarrass you. Why would you want to risk that when God, like, I know everything about everybody. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, and so you can just trust him. Why? Because he loves you. And he's not going to violate your trust or violate your love. There may some, be some things that happen that go on that you may not understand, but because you love God more than the misunderstanding, 
you'll remain faithful to him until you get clarity from him as to why you didn't understand something that he clearly understood, but he didn't let you in on it. Amen. Okay, I'm, stand to your feet. I'm four minutes over. If you'd like, I could go another 30 minutes. Now stand to your feet. So this means there's a deep hunger and yearning, a craving for the understanding of the word of God. So God not only expects us to hear the sound, but he expects us to understand what it is that he's saying. And if we don't understand, Lord, explain it to me. I will do what I do understand, but what I don't understand, you got to make it clear. Otherwise, I cannot do it. And as we continue to pursue him, he unfolds, as the scripture says, be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear, for as you do, more understanding will be given to you. So, Lord, I don't understand everything, but for what I do understand, I'm going to do that. And then greater understanding comes as a result. It's like we don't see everything at the beginning, at the outset. But as we continue to pursue God, all of a sudden things become more clear. We only see things dimly, as in a mirror, if you will. But as we continue to pursue, all of a sudden the image becomes clearer. The vision becomes clearer. God becomes clearer. The book of Hebrews points out that at a certain point, listen to this, believers should advance to become teachers. If you've read that in Hebrews chapter 5, say amen. Okay, it says it's something like this. By now, many of you ought to be teachers, but you still have need for someone to teach you. And then he goes into the basic elementary principles of Christianity, you know, such as repentance of dead words, faith towards God, doctrines of baptisms, resurrection of the dead, dot, dot, dot. And he lays those things out, if you will. He doesn't go into detail, but it's just other things, other basics that the believer should get past, not forget, not omit, but simply get past because there's more things to learn and there's a lot more to do for the glory of God. And so he points out that at a certain point, believers should advance, become, if you will. It's like we're, we've become the sons of God. Now let us learn and let us grow in sonship, daughtership, if you will, to become teachers, but still some need basics because they have become dull of hearing. And this is what he was saying in talking about Melchizedek. We'd like to go in deeper about Melchizedek, but it's hard to understand, especially since you become dull of hearing. It's hard to explain the things of God if we reject what God is trying to say to us. We want to welcome the word, not reject it. Amen? Okay. Oftentimes we, and I think you can relate to this, I asked the question, could this be a reason for unanswered prayer? In other words, we're rejecting what God is saying. We're not listening to what God is saying, and yet we're asking God to do something for us. Could that be the answer? Being ripped off by the devil. In other words, Jesus says when we lack understanding, when the word is sown and we lack understanding, he says that the devil comes in and snatches it immediately from us so that we don't gain any understanding. So are we being ripped off by the devil and our growth is stunted and our advancement it, it, it doesn't take place because we have a lack of interest in the hearing of God's words? Oftentimes we think and say to ourselves, um, we think to ourselves and say to others, where would I be if it wasn't for the Lord? Anybody ever made that statement? I know I have plenty of times because I know where I could be, but I'm thankful that I'm not there. Amen. I've seen others in the things, and I'm not judging or anything like that, but it's like that could have been me. You know, you see helpless, homeless people out there on the streets, and Pastor Lucia and I went through Berkeley just yesterday and went out and uh, we. We went to this uh, county market store and got us some food and just went out on the waterfront and just sat there and just ate and watched the sun go down. And so we saw tents all over the place. And it's like, man, your heart goes out in the sense that you're, you're, it's a sad situation. But I'm telling you, the people that are in power have brought this about. And they've tied the hands of law enforcement so that law enforcement can't do anything except for let it go on. And it's only until they start to do things that infringe upon the freedoms and liberties of others that, you know, even then, many law officers' hands are tied. One man, if you saw it on the news, one man, he has a business. He's coming out of his, no, no, he takes his daughter to a daycare. 
in this area. And you got a man out there with a hypodermic needle threatening to stick him with the needle and harassing him. And he's simply coming to get his daughter. And then law enforcement comes around, and they're limited in what they can do. They surround the guy. They, they let the other guy go so he can get his daughter and go on, I, I presume. But they, they end up arresting the guy only to let him go just a few hours later because they, they can't hold him. So the same guy can be out there again to arrest the same man who brings his daughter to the daycare place. You have one man in the city of San Francisco who owns his own store, and he has to deal with an individual coming into his store every day and stealing things, and he can't do anything about it. Why? Because of the law of the, of the, that they've established. If you don't steal over a certain amount, it's not a felony. If it's not a felony, they can't take you in. And so every day this man gets harassed. Every day he has to deal with a customer. It's not a customer. It's a person who comes in and cusses him out and then takes stuff, and he's got to deal with that on a daily basis. Listen, this is political. It wasn't always this way. And this is not a politician's message, if you will. But the people of God need to wake up and engage in government. We can do something about this. And let the church say amen. Hallelujah. You, you can be a Republican, Democrat, or an independent. Just do the right thing. Don't let the label rule you. You let God rule you. Why do I say that? Because some people are registered Democrats. And they feel like the Democrats are right. But you've got to admit, they got some crazy ideas. Some people are registered Republican. But you've got to admit, some of their ideas are, are crazy. Some people are independent. And some of the independents are Cuckoo, Cuckoo Puffs, too. What has to emerge? Truth. What has to emerge? Righteousness. What has to emerge? Where you go beyond political boundaries to do what is right for society. It ain't about, as I told Minister Killings, it's not about winning elections. It's about doing the right thing when you're elected. And when you see people doing stuff that you know is wrong, don't side with that. Speak out against it, even if it's amongst your own. Some of you heard me. Republicans do some stupid stuff. They can be more divisive over a dumb issue when they have an opportunity to seize the moment and do something good for the people, for the United States of America, for our cities, if you will. But we got some people that really don't care about people. They, they, they act like they do. But you look at the streets of San Francisco. You look at the streets of Oakland. You look at the streets of Berkeley. You look at the streets of Los Angeles, these key cities. You look at the streets in Washington, these key cities, key states, New York, you see the depravity. And it's like, man, this is the wealthiest nation in the world. Why do we have this? And why on earth would we legalize drugs when we know what they have the ability to do to people? Hallelujah. We listen to God, amen? Hallelujah. Father, thank you. I thank you for every person that is seeking a better grave from you today. Every person that's seeking an, an A of excellence in our service towards you. I pray that this word is not limited to this facility, to this congregation, to those who are watching live stream, but that it penetrates the airwaves. It even encircles the world. Because there's more important things than us being divided by various things that go on in this world. We want to hold up truth. We want to hold up righteousness. We want to preach this gospel, giving every man everywhere the opportunity to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. We want your people to be blessed and prosperous, even as their soul is blessed and prosperous. That they have everything that they need and more to be able to help and bless others. And that in everything that we do in word and deed, we bring glory and honor and praise to your name. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity, Father. Now bless your sons and daughters. 
The Lord our God bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. The name of the Lord be over you and your household that he may bless you, that you may enjoy the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Above all else, you may prosper and be in hell, even as your soul prospers. The gates of hell don't prevail against you, but you triumph over the gates of hell because of who you are and whose you are. You belong to the most high God. The Lord, order your steps, direct your path, bless the works of your hands, keep you as the apple of his eye from all hurt, harm, and danger. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody who agree, said amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. We thank you for coming out today. We pray that you are blessed. We will not be having prayer tonight. We will probably resume next week. But continue to enjoy. Again, give us your feedback. If anything stood out in the devotionals that you've been receiving, we may either um, uh, add more to that or just see how the Lord is ministering to you. Any testimonies and all that you may have. Amen.